So as always, our format is simple. It's what have we been up to since the last time we talked? What are we currently working on or have teed up in the near future? And um, give you a chance to give us any feedback, anything that you've got on your mind. So let's just jump right in. We are continuing our work with onboarding skilled nursing facilities that use point-click care as their EHR. As last time, we still only have 21 of the 34 enrolled SNFs live sending us ADTs. The others are working their way through the onboarding process. We are getting ADTs, the electronic face sheets, from these 21 SNFs, but we are still having issues with the care summaries that they are sending us. There are a lot of issues with conformance to the, um, to the standard. And so things that may display well in their EHR when you import it into another environment, they're not displaying so nicely. So we've got quite a lot of unraveling that that we need to do. The ACOs that desperately wanted these skilled nursing facilities to join are getting most of what they need through the ADTs. So this is definitely generating value. It's just not generating all the value that we uh, want and expect. And so we continue to work with point-click care and we will keep you posted on progress. There are three projects that are very tightly related because there are some dependencies. One is our upgrade to Fire Release 4, and that is a, a dependency for the two other projects. The Fire Release 4 is not something that is in and of itself visible to customers and end users. It's a technological thing that has to happen as a precursor for some other work. And two of the projects we're doing that rely on this um, upgraded uh, FHIRE version are parsing claims, data elements, and the elements in care summaries so that they can be displayed in the community health record and other clinical applications as individual data elements along with others of the same type. Particularly of value is medications and labs. Now, there are definitely other things that we care about, but those are the big things that if we can pull them out of pharmacy benefit claims and point-of-care lab testing done in individual offices, it will greatly enrich the amount and value of data that's available within the community health record. So these are really important projects that we want to see come to fruition. We have had a few issues, and I won't go into nauseating detail because you don't really care, but we had hoped to go live in the next couple of weeks, and there are some snags. There are still some results that are not displaying correctly, and so until we can get that resolved and, and make sure that we understand and have resolved the issues, we're obviously not going to take something live that isn't really ready for prime time. So I am disappointed. I'm chomping at the bit to see this happen as a physician myself, I know the value that it will bring, and I really want it to happen, but we're not going to, uh, we will 
and sell no wine before it's time as the as the uh, commercial used to go. So it's not quite ready and it probably will be delayed, but it's still in the works and we will update it as time goes by. The other big, 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 big thing that we are working on is our replacement for the CHR. Again, we've shared with you on previous calls that Audacious Inquiry, our uh, current vendor of the application that we're using as the front end, the user interface to the community health record, is ceasing to support that product as of next December, December 2023. So we are working fast and furiously on updating our requirements document. We still have our requirements document from when we did the last technology update. So it's not like we're starting from ground zero, but we are carefully reviewing those requirements and adding to them because there are some things that have emerged, some you know new security requirements, as well as some functionality issues, some back-end things like reporting capabilities and so forth. So uh, we're in the process right now of carefully evaluating requirements, and uh, we will keep you posted as we enter into new phases of that project. At some point, we will get to the place where we invite some of our stakeholders to join us in evaluating specific products, but we are not there yet. So more to come there. Another project that we have been working on for a while and continue to work is a single sign-on or single sign-on substitute for our Epic Hospitals. We've had it for Cerner for a while. The Cerner hospitals really like being able to click on a link within their CHR, within their um, own EHR, and automatically be taken to that patient's record in the community health record. And so the Epic hospitals have been saying me too, me too. We've been working with them, but it's looking like there may be a solution that is actually more easily extensible than building a single sign-on solution the way we did it for the Cerner hospitals. And that is to leverage the hospital's connections with eHealth Exchange. We're working it right now with Nemours, and there are some issues with the way CRISP has pruned the, well, I don't know how to phrase it, but basically there are some timeouts happening because of the traffic through CRISP and the way they have set things up. We are a sub-participant under CRISP in eHealth Exchange. We did it that way because CRISP graciously offered to allow us to be to participate through them at no charge. I like no charge, um, but it does mean that we are kind of beholden to the way they set things up. So we are working right now with CRISP and with Nemours to see if we can straighten out whatever is causing things to time out. And therefore, when Nemours does a query through eHealth Exchange to retrieve information from DIN directly into their EHR, uh, right now everything isn't coming back. So if we can get that resolved and we know like this is the magic formula, then we can go to the other Epic hospitals and say, do this. And it'll be, you know, it'll be done more quickly than trying to work individually with each one. So it, we're we're following two paths in parallel 
In the meantime, we are continuing to work a traditional single sign-on project because if we can't make the e-health exchange thing work, we don't want to have lost time. So we're, we're following two parallel approaches. And if we are successful with e-health exchange, we'll drop the other. But if not, we, um, you know, those of you that are from Epic using hospitals, please know that we are not going to leave you high and dry. We're, we're pursuing this with all energy. Other big thing that is on our plate right now is our high trust assessment for FY23. As I think many of you are aware, the high trust assessment program is uh, has become de facto the gold standard in security certification in the healthcare industry. And it is a framework of security best practices that harmonizes standards across a number of different um, certification programs. We are, um, and every two years you do a full certification and in the in-between years you do a much scaled down interim recertification. So last year was our interim, this year is a full high trust assessment. It is a massively heavy lift. They look under every rock and they're looking at our policies and procedures and they're looking for evidence that we follow them. And do we have policies and procedures that cover all of the things that impact security? And it is it is really massively detailed and very time consuming uh, process. So we've got a mighty team that is working hard on that. Our goal is to have all of our controls, evidence of controls submitted before the holidays, uh, before Thanksgiving, so that everybody can actually take a holiday. <laughs> we would really like for our people to be able to enjoy the holidays. So uh, our hope is that we'll have it done by then. A lot of work taking place right now and uh, more to come on that. So there are several projects that we are doing for individual hospitals or stakeholders that do not generally uh, impact the entire ecosystem, but they are important, obviously, for those that are involved. MedExpress is updating their laboratory information system, and so their interfaces to DIN have to be updated accordingly. P3N, which is the centralized authority for HIEs in Pennsylvania, through whom we exchange data with Pennsylvania hospitals, is doing a major infrastructure upgrade, and that impacts our interface with them. So there's work going on there. Uh, St. Francis is in the process of converting to EPIC, and so all of their interfaces to DIN have to be updated accordingly. Title Health has been replacing their interface to Relay Health with an interface directly to DIN. So I believe that one has already gone into production. Uh, late July is when that went into production. And then it hasn't happened yet, but we know it is happening. Public Health is upgrading their, uh, what was DEERS, their case um, management, case reporting system. So all of the hospitals, syndromic surveillance and electronic lab reporting interfaces to public health will have to be updated. They have not given us a timeline yet. We know they've issued the RFP 
My understanding is that they've made a selection, but that they are still in final contract negotiations, and therefore they have not announced the selection that they've made. Stacy, you're on, aren't you? Am I right about that? I'm sorry, Jan, I had stepped away. Um, that public health has selected their replacement for deers, but they're still in contracting and therefore have not announced the uh, winner of that. Am I right about that? I believe that is the case, but we'll follow up if it's different. Okay. So until they announce, they obviously aren't going to put together a project schedule and tell us when we need to be ready to start working with them. But we've baked time into our work plan across the year so that presumably at whatever point they they are ready to get started. We will be ready to get started also. We know this will affect every hospital, so we, we need to lean into it when the time comes for it. A lot of work going on in the analytics world. There were three new inquiries in July, and sometimes the inquiries um, take a while to kind of hash through some of the preliminaries before it actually turns into a contract for a project. But there's work that goes on in those preliminaries as well. It does involve the time and expertise of our people to help work through those things. If I have read the most recent report correctly, and I think Rich is on, so please correct me if I get any of this wrong, but there are um, the three inquiries that are currently in a pre-contract phase. There are four in design six in execution, and 10 that are on hold, six of which are still considered to be active projects, but they're on hold for one reason or another, typically because there are some data quality issues that have to get straightened up. Um, Rich, have I called all that correctly? You're on point, Jan. Excellent. Thank you. We're seeing some increase in the balance between paying customers and state agencies who are not directly paying customers. They're, they're indirectly paying in that the state has given DIN an appropriation for the claims database. Our statute specifies that we cannot charge certain named state agencies for their use of the claims database, but the state has given us an appropriation. But we've still had some concerns that we need to grow the commercial side of the business as well so that we're attracting some paying customers that are going to help us to sustain the service and develop it and grow it even further. So we do now have, if I counted right, seven projects that we are getting paid for from somebody, a couple of them from federal level organizations. And we still have like nine state agencies. So there's that's still the bulk of what we're doing on the analytics side, but um, you know, beginning to grow the commercial side as well, as well as some internal projects to just help with internal efficiency. You know, a couple of our real goals for the analytics service line is to improve the ability for customers to do some self-service. Um, which will help it, things go faster. So to the degree that we can create um, the ability to do applications online and some of their questions answered online and uh, maybe even access their data through a virtual sandbox, 
you know, there's various things that we want to do to try to just simplify it and speed it up and make it easier for potential customers and actual customers to engage with this service. So these are internal things that do not immediately have a customer facing impact, but they are very important foundational activities that will ultimately lead to things that customers will see. We are also planning on a pretty significant overhaul of the basic database and uh, the data structure underneath it. And I don't want to get into um, excessively geeky that geeky, but a lot of work going on in the analytics world. Uh, I've mentioned on previous calls that through the uh, ARPA funding, we were able to secure um, a modest level of funding to onboard Sun Behavioral Health as our next behavioral health organizations submitting behavioral health, including part two um, protected data. We currently have that project slotted for October. Uh, There's still some contracting activities that have to take place, and we have to make sure that both Sun and their EHR vendor are prepared to engage with us at that point in time. So uh, don't hold us uh, at gunpoint to that date, but that's what we are currently looking ahead to. So those are some of the big things that are on our uh, plate right now. It's going to be a really busy year with the CHR refresh and high trust, and then these other projects that are going on. There's a lot going on this year. It's going to be a really, really busy year. We've already had a fair number of pop-up projects that we did not know about or were not ready to, um, you know, it wasn't far enough along in the discussions with potential customers for us to slot it in our FY23 work plan when we were putting together a work plan and a corresponding budget. We did put in a wedge of hours anticipating pop-up projects But the ones that have already popped up have used up a fair chunk of those hours already. So it's going to be an interesting year as more things, um, you know, rear their heads and we go, well, we want to do that. We've got got customers that want it. We we want to be responsive, but we also only have so many people to do the work. So stay tuned. It'll be an interesting ride. I would like to open the floor now to uh, those of you who are our guests and stakeholders and ask if you have any questions for me or any feedback for me, good or bad. We want to hear both. Janet, Jose, um, I'm okay with the updates. I appreciate it. Um, I did notice you're, you're, you will be attending MESC, so um, I'll be there too. And so look me up. Very good. Very good. Excellent. Yeah, I'll be there Monday and Tuesday, and I'll be leaving right after my presentation on Tuesday because I got got so much work to do. I got to get back. (laughs) Okay, great. Okay. If there's nothing else, we'll call it a wrap. Our next town hall is September the what, Allie? Our next town hall is going to be September 14th. 14th. Very good. So um, hopefully we'll see you all then.